Oh, well, uh, uh, well, it's basically girl brings a new guy home. They're engaged. Mom didn't know. It's Christmas time. That's, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the guy that the girl brings home. Mm-hmm. And then my mom Whoa. comes and, and like all hell breaks loose. So you're a lead in this <laughs> BT film. And yeah. you're just casually sitting over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a very he's so down to earth. Man. He's really humble acting right now. He's gun. really, you know, you should have seen him before we started recording. I mean, he was throwing shit over my apartment. I mean, it's like this uh, is unacceptable working conditions. Grant's is compared this- me to Edward Norton. I just like throw shit. You know, I need real liquor on stage if I have. Oh, okay, you know, just walk around in your underwear. <laughs> he's like, who left green M and M's in my dress room? Uh. Oh man. That's great. This is Cinebox. what's going on guys my name is kenneth jackson and of course i'm joined with my good friend and co-host trey riley hello trey hello we're here we're here we're back we're doing with it. another episode today's episode is really special got a really good friend of mine on he's a fantastic actor he's also a director on the stage as well it's coming up so you better look out for him He'll be here in Atlanta with all of that good stuff, and he really drops a lot of knowledge bombs. He's a really good actor that I highly recommend anytime I think of great actors. His name is Mustafa Slack. Yes, super awesome guy. Very humble, as I found out towards the end of the episode, (laughs) and uh, just a lot of information that's very interesting. Even if you're not an actor, Mm -hmm. I was taking notes myself. Yeah. He, it's, you know, he's one of those that is uh, all over the place and does everything fantastically. So, and he gives a lot of really good insight about acting. Me and him kind of go quid pro quo a little bit going back and forth about Mm -hmm. acting. And that's something that I love to do is just discuss acting. And um, it's a really good discussion, you know, and I think a lot of actors, if you're an actor, you'll really benefit from it. And then even as Trey said, there are aspects of this that we get into that uh, if you're a director, producer, whatever it is, maybe, you know, you can learn a thing or two about us actors. Listen to us. Listen yeah. to everything we say and do everything we <laughs> tell you. <laughs> uh, meet their demands. Meet their demands. No green M&Ms in the uh, <laughs> green room. Yes. So without further delay, here's Mustafa. Hello, Mustafa. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Really excited for it. You're a really good friend of mine. We also have Trey here. Hello, Trey. Hello. <laughs> and let's go ahead and jump right in to the Delve in 12. Are you ready, Mustafa? I think I'm ready. Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> I'd like to hear that answer. Uh, it's question one. City with the best pizza you've had and what style was it? I'd have to go with uh, New York. I was in um, 
I was in Brooklyn and I stopped by this pizza. I don't remember the name of the pizza place. Like it was mm, one of the no. few times that I've been to New York, but they had, it was just like, I got regular pizza. I was like, I hear the pizza in New York is like the best. So like New mm -hmm. York or Chicago. And so yeah. I got a, yeah. just a regular pan style pizza and it was delicious. Mm. That's just walked into answer. random. <laughs> yeah. I the love New pizza York Hut folks though. are like, I don't know the name of the place, but I had some great pizza. I just walked into a, I literally, a guy was selling pizza out his window while I was walking by and I just, I was like, yo, can I get a slice? And it was the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And it was in New York. So hey, those nice. taxi drivers, they got to work multiple jobs. Yeah. Street food's not bad, man. Street food's not bad either. Yeah. That's great. All right. Question two, name a movie you wish you had made or been in. Dune. Dune now, like it's like <laughs> the an newest easy one? answer. Yeah, the new. Yeah. Oh, not the old one. No, not, not the, the old, old one. You don't want the old one. I mean, from Come what on, I've doing, my boy David Lynch dirty. He tried Look, his best. He did a self dirty by trying to make that into one movie. Yeah, you like it's right. like what six novels that he tried to fit into like one. Well, I mean, the first one, even so, like is so long that trying to catch all that detail and everything. Yeah, yeah, it definitely needs more than one movie, but. You know, bless yeah. his heart. But man, the new one, uh, that's one that I would definitely love to make. I can't even begin to imagine oh, how I would start no. making something <laughs> yeah. like that. So not make, but like to be in it would have been really, really cool. Like everybody mm -hmm. super well casted. Every, every, everyone did a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really solid one. I would love that's to have been on that That's definitely not set. one that Ken would... Well, maybe that is one Ken would have wanted to make to mm -hmm. fix the areas that he didn't like so much. Yeah. Well, Trey, Trey, he, he's uh, Trey loved it. Uh, I had some um, reservations oh, about it, but you know, oof, tough critic. Yeah. Yeah. So we we got some little well, he's friction also, on this side. When we well, talked about it, he was the only one that had read it. So oh, what were your um, just, what were your reservations? Were they because they didn't? connect to the source material enough or well i mean it's not necessarily that because they like i like that they're doing multiple movies so that they can have everything like that whole uh the whole gonjabar scene was amazing mm. like that needle that she holds yeah uh, to or no the gonjabar is the knife the needle scene they didn't have in the first one or at least i cannot remember it right off the top of my head With but the they box. did that yeah the box and they did that really well in this one. So he went more in depth than the uh, 1970s or 80s version. But uh, what I, I, I just don't know. It kind of felt a little bit empty to me. Just a slight bit empty to me. Uh, which, I mean, that's just Villeneuve's style. Uh, he's got that understated style, which I can respect. But... That's that's the only reservation. Ken's quote on one of the greatest directors. He's got that emptiness yes. about him. That He's got that vagueness about him. I love him. Damn yeah. you, subtlety. Damn you Anyways, subtlety. we're cutting all of that. I can't have myself canceled this early on in my career. Uh, Second time this season. <laughs> um, anyways, on to the next question. Uh, if you could go back and change one decision in your life, what would it be? Oh, that's tough. Um, one one decision. decision in my life that I would change. Um, 
drinking those two four locos in college. Probably <laughs> <Nope>. no, uh, <laughs> no. Um, they, they, I had one for reference, and I was like crawling to the bathroom. <laughs> Those things are just straight battery acid. Yeah, I I chugged two once in college. I don't remember what happened afterwards, Mm. but it wasn't good the next day, for sure. (laughs) Um, But one decision in my life that I would change was probably, um, or something that I'd rather do, I'd probably get more into art when I was younger than I did. Yeah. Because I didn't get into art. I was just like purely sports, Mm. which um, I creatively sort of, is is a bit hindering because you know you're you're playing catch up with everyone like i'm sure you guys are like you guys are cinema junkies so you've probably seen every move almost every movie in the book but like i'm still in the process of like catching up and being like every i actually have like a film list it's probably over like four or five hundred films that i haven't seen uh every time somebody recommends one i just add it and add it and one day it's my goal to just like watch all of these films Mm. but that's something that I probably change. I probably get more into art yeah. when I was younger as opposed to like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your first step is getting letterboxed. Letterboxed. Yeah. What's Do that? you have a letterboxed yet? No. Oh, no, he that? said, what is it? Um, it's a movie app where you can log all the films you've watched and also create a playlist, I guess you could call them. Um, oh, okay. So, like, you rank can organize your favorite it. movies. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a social media app for film nerds. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. got to get on that, man. I got to get on that letterbox. Is it? I feel like I've heard of it for some yeah. reason. Yeah. It's a. It's gotten a lot more traction mm-hmm. as of late, so it's starting I think to there's grow. A, there's a free version, I believe. Mm-hmm. Got to check that out. Got to check it out. Yeah. But yeah. I. I definitely know how you feel about the starting in the arts oh later. Oh my god, yeah. Same. I yes. I wish I had. Man, I, you know, I started whenever I was I think literally 19 or 20. So 4 years, <laughs> 5 years ago. So it's I started so late. I I still feel like I'm right there with you. I'm I'm catching up so bad. Like all these films and everything like I always get the side eye from Trey or from my roommate, <laughs> Jeff, whenever I talk about films and they're like, you haven't seen it. I don't think I could talk to you ever again. Dude, the crazy thing is though, you've seen movies that I'll never even <laughs> oh, find yeah. where I can see them. Yeah. But yet you haven't seen like Lord of the Jaws Rings. or something. And it's <laughs> oh, like, wow. what the freak? Like, I don't understand. Well, I've seen Jaws. All right. Give me some, well, cu- yeah. cu- but, some slack. You know, right. similar uh, scale. You haven't you seen Lord of the Rings? No, I haven't. Hey, me neither. Me neither. It's literally a five-hour <laughs> film. I'm sorry. Dude, freaking I mean, watch yeah. party right there tonight. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Man, those are those are some daunting tasks right there. Extended edition, though. <sighs> Don't be God, cutting God, corners. God, dang. <laughs> All right. Question four. Most irrational fear. Um, lizards. 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 I'm scared of li- like lizards mm. freak me out. They like freak any me out, or man. like bigger ones? The or small what? ones. Like iguanas don't really freak me out. Like I'm yeah. talking about like the little like porch lizards. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's just okay. like. So you're, kinda... telling me, you're telling me like a Komodo dragon comes walking up to you. You're gonna be oh, like, right. I mean. That's, that's fine. But like some little like green <laughs> lizards and like running across the deck is going to like send you running. 
I think the question I would immediately ask is if if I saw a Komodo dragon, I'd be like, what did I do to get put in a situation that I'm face to face with the Komodo dragon? Because there's not yeah, a sure. there's not a long list of things that me living in urban Georgia can do to become face to face with the Komodo. I've seen some crazy stuff here. I don't know, man. I've only been here a few years. I've seen some seen some stuff. Someone uh, just walking their pet Komodo right. dragon down the street. Yeah, and I'm just like there. Got it on a leash. I guess I'd be pretty scared. I, I'd be pretty scared about that. <laughs> no, More I'm so than Like small creatures that mm-hmm. kind of move quickly. That are Not quick. Really That's that. the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like quickly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I can't see where you're going next. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if it disappears, burn the whole place down. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I'll get a new house. <laughs> I'll just buy a new one. It's okay. Um, question five, eating in or dining out, which is your favorite? Eating in, eating, eating in, in. Okay. eating in with dine out food, Wh- okay. it, like getting takeout, eh, you know, like takeout or something, but like a yeah, home cooked yeah. meal, like there's just something like it, it's a home cooked meal could trump any other gesture I feel like. So like whether it's a date, whether it's like you cooking for friends, mm-hmm. whether it's for just like a loved one, like I stayed in and made you this like meal, you know, there's mm-hmm. something to yeah. that that's like, you know. You can eat out wherever and but but something about a home cooked meal that's like Yeah. You know. What's your go to dish when you have someone over? Do you have one? Um steak, vegetables, maybe some like asparagus mm. or something. I make, a, pr- I make a invite. I make a pretty good oh, steak. Yeah. I'll invite you over, Trey. Let me know when you're in Atlanta. Maybe we can Whenever we can you put need me a for a steak. <laughs> Whenever you are making steak, let me know. <laughs> But I yeah. was expecting like a pasta dish or yeah, like something chicken simple. or something. You're like freaking steak. Nah, I just, you know, some, some steak, wine, asparagus. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, hey, it works for any no, occasion, a, right? I mean, that's, that's a solid answer. I would, uh, you know, as much as I would enjoy to have, have a steak, I, I don't know if I have it in me. I'd probably ruin it. So I, I don't know if. I trust myself with such like, a fine cut of meat, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's tough in an apartment doing yeah. that. It a is. lot of people try to season it too much. Mm, yep, they kill it. Yeah. Or obviously just cook it too long. Oh, a well done steak is well straight done. in the trash. <laughs> you get that start some fights somewhere. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there was a golden corral that started over a well done steak. It was a, they had a fight breakout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. All right, here's a a heavy one for you. What do you think is the meaning of life? Oof. Oh man, that's that's pretty that's pretty deep. I'm pretty sure I've gotten into like a two hour argument with someone that <laughs> Kenneth knows about this. Oh yeah, um, I can tell who okay. you're probably. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Because because I don't think there is a meaning. I think that we give it meaning. Um, I think you know what it's like. Hell yeah, you, you can I'm sort right of sum you. it up in like what we what we learned to love. You know, I used to yeah. be crazy about sports. I used to want to play football. football. That was my that was mm-hmm. my dream that yeah. got like taken away from me because of stuff that happened when I was younger. But I, I wouldn't have found out about acting and, and film had it not been for that. So it's like if you would have asked me like 10 years ago what the meaning mm-hmm. of life was, it'd be completely different now. And yeah, 
neither answer is wrong. It's just like what the world looked like to me at that time, I guess. And so mm-hmm. I think our life is what we, the meaning of life is what we give it. Yeah. Uh, There's because- some, uh, I'm right there with you. Existentialism, brother. I was, uh, <laughs> I, like, I, well, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I went through a long phase where I would read, um, uh, you've, uh, What's the name of the play? Uh, Waiting for Godot. That's a good one for an existentialist. That's a solid one. Um, And then The Stranger by Albert Camus. Camus is the one that I read a lot of Mm. stuff about. But uh, yeah, definitely if you haven't read, read him. I think you'll get that. But um, no, like I'm right there with you. Yeah. There's just like... that that that's just like too big of a question to give it like a a meaning because if the meaning is that then what are we saying like so many people are doing so many things wrong then if it has this one meaning yeah. right yeah right it's a it's very personal it's a very personal question yeah everyone yeah. that's answered that has had a different answer mm-hmm. so I think in some regards that probably proves the point that you're trying to make with it mm-hmm. nice. So you're back in high school. All right. It's the Ooh, night of the okay. annual talent show. I'm already show. in pain. I'm already in pain. Uh, back in <laughs> you're high school. already suffering. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the night of the annual this talent was the, show. This was the heavy question. What do you What yes. do? You do? What do you do for the talent show? Uh, stand up. Stand, stand up. up. Nice. I, I, I've you got done a routine? That. I've done that in high school before. I did stand ah. up. Once. There's a recording somewhere. I don't know where it is, but... Uh, I was in ninth or 10th grade. Uh, It was the first high school I went to because I went to two. Mm -hmm. I I switched because my stand-up was so bad. But (laughs) (laughs) He got booed off the stage so bad he had to leave (laughs) school. uh, I did stand-up for a talent show. Uh, We had to audition with it and all that stuff. The crowd actually really liked it. It was was a lot of fun. I ran off stage during my bit, ran back on. It was... It was wild. What's your? Uh, do you remember your icebreaker joke or like what you started off with? It was um, it was talking about. So I got a lot of crap when I was in like eighth grade because I wore skinny jeans, right, for the first time. Okay, before, before it was like really in before like that wow. phase. So you were a pioneer. No, I just listened to like pop rock music. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so like but i went to like uh a high school where skinny jeans weren't in yet because like you know a lot of like the mainstream artists hadn't started wearing skinny jeans yet and so mm-hmm. i got made fun of really bad so i was like i'm gonna mm. make this i'm gonna make a bit about this about the benefit of skinny jeans yeah yeah and and, and sagging and sagging because our mm. school had a rule against sagging so i was like Look, man, if you if you sag your skinny jeans, you just got to do less work when you go to the urinal. That's why I, I tried <laughs> to justify it. through. That. It was more elegant than like I just put it. But it was a joke yeah. about that. I don't remember the joke. It was like <laughs> 10 years ago. It was probably yeah. cringe if I was to like right. remember right. it. We but. know why you had to run off stage now. <laughs> right. Oh, well, no, I ran, running off stage was part of a bit. Oh, but, okay. But mm. um, some uh, physical comedy some, in there too. Man, I yeah. I saw some stuff when I was in high school at a talent show, and I was like, "Man, your stand-up bit, I bet, was the shining moment." Because <laughs> mine, the stuff I saw was 
Not good. Uh, I never had a, <laughs> I never had a bit. I never did uh, anything for a talent show. I was just always that quiet kid that sat in the back. So yeah. played chess. Um, during the talent show, during the talent show. Yourself. I mean, whose talent is gonna be playing chess? Like, come on, you, I, I'd get, I would get kicked out of the school immediately for even attempting to do something. <laughs> right. Watch me, uh, watch me pawnside uh, castle or uh, kingside castle. Yeah. What language is this? Uh, kingside what? <laughs> kingside <laughs> castle. All right, uh, you're caught in the movie Groundhog Day. What song do you wake up to every morning? <laughs> um, some, ooh, probably like "Operator" by Jim Croce. Mm. It's that's that's just I, I. So I haven't seen Groundhog Day. I know okay. the basis of it. But is yeah. it like a song that he it's a song that he loves or just one that he just like listens to all the time? It's I mean, I guess the idea with it is if you heard it every single morning, do you wanna rip your eyes out? Oh. Oh. Or maybe <laughs> your ears off is a better reference. Or are you gonna be like, heck yeah, another day, because it's the best song ever. Like, oh. what is that song? What is that song? That song is probably I Got a Name, Jim Croce. The I Got a Name mm. or Operator. That's He's my favorite music artist of all time. And Just nice. an album from him on on deck there. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. I've actually never heard of him. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to check out Jim Croce. Um, what uh, genre is that? It's like folk. Uh, okay. It's really like... Uh, kind of bare bones folk just like usually him and a guitar maybe some musical instruments background but um, definitely check him out Quentin Tarantino used some of his music in Django Unchained oh, actually okay. uh, I got okay. a name so well, there you go that's I, all you had to say right there nice yeah <laughs> already in yeah. Uh, they use his movie they use his music in the the one of the I think X-Men Origins the one where okay. um the one where, who's the fast guy? Who's the fast guy for X-Men? Oh, uh, Quicksilver? Quicksilver, yes. His big scene where he slows down, they use his song Time in a Bottle, which oh, was really? awesome. Yeah, so I have so heard of him, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've okay. heard his music probably. but Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. my Jim Croce plug. Yeah. So, so is it caramel or caramel? <laughs> like world war three right here um there's only one right answer cool. there's only one right answer yet caramel 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 right because i'm not gonna walk around saying caramel there we go. Caramel. caramel who am i <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i uh caramel. i'm i always go caramel i don't know trey you're you're caramel right I don't talk through this. I, I know. I think you're so used to it now. Yeah. So some, some, somehow along the way, I've gotten convinced that it's caramel, caramel. and not caramel. <laughs> I, now, the true question is pecan or pecan? Mm. Uh, pecan. 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 Yeah. Pecan. 
Two for That's two. just easier. All right, next question. College. Worth it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, That's an easy nice. one. Um, I fell in love with acting when I was in college, so I kind of like found my purpose a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was difficult. It was so... It was really, really difficult. Uh, I think like that's that's a point in in most people's lives where like you're sort of off on your own for the first time. You're really discovering like who you are, what you like, your mm-hmm. interests and stuff. And and yeah, it can be tough. Uh, and I saw that in a lot of people. And I saw it in myself or I didn't, you know, when you're going through it, you don't really see it. But looking back, I was like, oh, wow, I really changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I really ma- matured. Um, yeah. But, and it was tough, but completely worth it. Completely worth mm-hmm. it. For sure. Nice. Yeah. That's the first, I think, resounding yes we've had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really? think a lot. I think a lot of people and I mean, they're they've brought it up before some of our past guests, but. Yeah, it was always like, you know, eh, as if you try to get in a film, now nah, you don't really need to go to school. Um, but like when you talk about acting and stuff, it does help to have some formal training. You don't necessarily need it. Um, but yeah, uh, college can help out a ton. But, you know, you're talking about personal growth uh, from, a you know, an adolescent to an adult. That transitionary period, finding out what you want to do with your life, you know, these huge questions that you can't expect to have some 18 year old running around and saying, Oh, I know what I want to do with my life. I mean, I know plenty of them and I'm like, they're doing something different than what they said they were going to do. Yeah. So, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, that's just what happens when you, yeah. when you throw a kid out to the world and be like, Hey, pick something for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And I think if the question was, if college were free, <laughs> would it be worth it? Mm then everyone uh, would say yes. Oh but yeah, it's that financial sure. burden and the potential to get to the end of it and think, I just wasted four years of my life and a hundred grand because mm-hmm. now I want to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's kind of been the, the general consensus. But in the end there's you know, nothing like I completely get that. Yeah. I mean in your situation geez. when you like come into finding something you love, well like that certainly is worth it if you mm-hmm. are going to pursue that yeah because i can't because i kind of know i would i would never have known about it i would never have tried acting if it weren't for going to college so <laughs> yeah and that's so i would never i would never be here films would not be anywhere in my purview <laughs> of wanting to, like to be in the business and if it weren't for college i would never have found you know film club and then acting and then a bunch of people that were really cool and me enjoying creating stuff and storytelling. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing for me, like going into college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was, mm-hmm. I went, I went for acting, uh, but like, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I don't, right. I don't even know if I'm good enough to do it for like mm-hmm. a while. And yeah. like I discovered so much about it and i was just like wow i love it now i feel like i kind of have to do it because i just like it that much yeah i don't know what else i would want to do yourself away from it yeah yeah you know i there was somebody this is a great topic but we uh we were talking about this we were talking about how you know i can't really see myself doing anything else you know it's like something that floats through my mind every single day is like 
Acting is so fucking like if you're trying to get anywhere in acting, it can be so fucking difficult. If you're trying to like be something, like if you're trying to attain a certain status, it's almost near impossible to even predict something like that. So I mean, you might as well go be like a Fortune 500 uh, company, be it a company yeah. like that. Wall Street so, guy or something. Yeah, be some like big wig making money. And I was like, you know. That, but every single time I think about that, I'm like, I can't see myself doing anything else. So I'm just going to stay. <laughs> so, yeah. so so many people I talked to were like, man, if I could, if I could do something else that I loved mm-hmm. and I'd probably do it because it'd be so much easier than <laughs> yeah. trying to claw your way up mm-hmm. in the industry. And, yeah. I mean, so That's much is about point. just chance. Yeah. We can, we can come back to that topic. Yeah, we'll dive into that For some sure. more. But question 11, what's the same, What's the right side of the bed to wake up on? Oh, okay. That's that's, that's different. What's the right side of the bed to wake up on? <laughs> uh, Let's see how he takes this. Um, well, I mean, depending on what you got to do, the right side could be the wrong side, man. Mm. I don't know. Depend, like if I got to like. We all if know it happens if I, on the wrong side of bed. If I got to have a conversation with my boss and we're mm-hmm. talking about some stuff that's that's not too happy, yeah. I want to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise the conversation's not going to happen, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's how you meant this question. I don't know. Otherwise, it's, I'd say for me. It's open for interpretation. At, at otherwise, for me, I'd be like the right side because that's that's where like all the exits to my room are. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wait, se- probably, second time that we've had exits come up doors. That's you're what probably it's the only person that's taken it like in the more metaphoric sense. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, well, I lay on my left side and I'm on the <laughs> left side of my bed. So I guess the left side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to know and any listener, if you do do this, Please reach out. We'd love to get you some help. But if you if you go around your bed to get to the door, you know what I mean? Like let's say uh, you're in yeah. a let's say you're in a queen size bed and you go around your bed to get to the door. You know? Like yeah, your favorite yeah. like let's say your the door is on the left and you're laying on the right side of the yeah. bed. Yeah. Yeah. That is I want to talk that's very I talk strange. to those people. <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> it's just like do you just want like extra steps yeah you just <laughs> that is pretty strange maybe we'll they think that majestic. extra empty space will keep someone from attacking them in their sleep <laughs> yeah. it's like only they if have you enough sure time to duck behind the bed <laughs> <laughs> roll right onto the other side yeah in that case you can grab the mattress and pull ah, it over to block over the yourself. bullet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely don't do that no okay well, I mean, I think you're like most 99% of people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good answer. Nice. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Last question. Perhaps the most important. Oh. What's the best worst movie ever made? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, I'm not going to say The Room because that's the uh-huh. easy answer, obviously. Mm-hmm. He passed the first test. Um, <laughs> I think 
Have y'all ever seen this movie called Birdemic? Oh my gosh, dude. Y'all have seen Birdemic, so Fear close. and Terror? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, I've seen it's terrible. scenes from it. It's terrible. I've watched it throughout That's twice. a great answer. That's a, uh, it sounds like a good answer from the name. Yeah, Isn't it's, it just one guy? It sounds like the birds, that, like, but... That spent way too much money trying to make a serious film, and it's like a knockoff of Psycho? No. Or, sorry, uh, birds. The Birds, I mean. It's it's kind of like that, but it seems like he didn't spend too much money. He didn't spend enough because it's like mm. it looks like some movie maker type animated yeah. birds coming on and tweeting, and then like uh-huh. they they crash into the ground like kamikazes and they mm. explode like little like fi- it's my god and it's like it's that terrible, terrible 2D fire yes. oh, yeah. set oh yeah absolutely. the footage absolutely mm-hmm. it's really yeah, that's bad probably, that's probably top ten at least. Man, me and Trey, we're, Trey, I swear to God, I almost watched Rubber. Really? <laughs> where did you find it at? I, I can't remember where I found it, but I found it. I mean, it's not the new one, right? It's the old one. I didn't know there was a new one. That's about There's the tire? Uh-huh. It's about a tire. A, a, it rolls a, through the desert killing people. Yeah. A demon-possessed tire that rolls through, through the desert killing What's people. What's the tire's name again? Oh, I, I think it's, I can't remember. Did it have a name, Clarence? I don't know. It's Clarence. something like that. <laughs> Clarence the Killing Tire. Clarence the Killing Tire. Or Terrence would be a better one. Terrence, <laughs> Terrence the Terrorizing Tire. Um, no, mine, I really, I really, I was hoping you oh, would say Armageddon. It's Robert. You said Armageddon? Robert. I thought you would say Lamageddon, and I was really hoping you would. What is that? Lamageddon? It's about a space llama that has lasers <laughs> that shoot out its eyes. <laughs> As you can imagine, it's a thrilling watch. I'm imagining, yes. I don't know why I was, immediately, I was immediately imagining Donkey from Shrek, but then I was like, that's the wrong Pixar That's the wrong Disney animal. Movie. Yeah, that's the wrong We're animal. We're close. <laughs> Emperor's New Groove is what I... Emperor's llama, or is yep. he an alpaca? That's an alpaca. Okay. I think that's an alpaca. I'm just all off of my, I'm not a zoologist. We got a, I'll get you the animal book out in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I had an animal book. It's like that little thing that's like, uh, what is the farm animal thing? It's like quack, like the duck where it makes that noise. Get you one of those like spinny things. Um, I'd be, I'd be no, impressed that, if they had alpacas in there actually. Uh, an alpaca on that? Yeah. Dude, I don't impressed. even know what an alpaca sounds like. Exactly. That's why I'd be impressed if they had it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, that, that is book. the Delvin 12. Congratulations. You passed the test. We are going to tabulate the results and get your, uh, what's it called? Uh, that Enneagram? <laughs> Enneagram. Enneagram. We'll get oh, your Myers Brig to you. <laughs> Is that yep. actually what that's... No, there's no, no way. It's no, it's not. <laughs> there's no <laughs> way you're uh, doing like real-time answers. It's kind of like whose line where the points don't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, after that, let's let's dive in. So you talked about getting into acting and the arts later in life. So yeah. you, you started in college going into acting? So... Um, how do I make this long, longer story short? Um... When I was a senior in high school, I, it was my first year. By circumstance, I had gotten involved in the magnet 
performing arts school in my um in my high school. Mm-hmm. So I was in there for one year, my senior year, and I took some acting classes and I thought it was like super fun and I I did a pretty good job at some of the monologues that I had. So the teacher thought that I could possibly do it in college. And so mm. she lined up a couple auditions, I did them, and I got accepted into the BFA program at the college I went to. Um mm. and so you know, by chance, I, I went there for acting and I I fell in love with it, man. I had a re- some really great nice. teachers and some really great, talented classmates who worked hard as well. So mm. I was I was I, I got I lucked out. I lucked out. Yeah, for sure. that's good. That's good. I love that you had a teacher that was, you know, believed in you and was and yeah. said, I think you can do it and helped push you to do something. You yeah. know, saw something and encouraged you. I think teachers. I think teaching is the most important profession in the world. Oh yeah. I will. I don't, I don't see anything changing my mind as to yeah. what, just because, I mean, that's what, that's who shapes. It, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. us shapes the introduces children. us to things like that. Yeah. I'm curious. Cause you said that you didn't, you haven't seen a lot of movies and you're kind of playing catch up. Yeah. Like, what is it that even got you to the point that you were at where the teacher was able to see that in you? Like, did you just have this innate sense when you were little of, like, I don't know, putting on shows for your parents or, you know, whatever? (laughs) Uh, No, I never, I was, I wasn't a shy kid when I was younger, but I was, I was never, like, the coolest kid or never wanted to, like, um, be be like the coolest girl, like have all the attention. I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I know, know I, dude, the skinny jeans. Yeah, the, the skinny skin- jeans. <laughs> I think those were uh, an indication. You're ahead of your time. <laughs> oh man, that that if that was my goal, wearing the skinny jeans, it did the exact opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it just made me the butt of the joke. But um, yeah, but but yeah, um. What was the question? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the skinny jeans got you screwed yeah. up. Let's just bring up PTSD now. Just <laughs> like just remembering the trash cans and lockers. And- <laughs> <laughs> they they threw me in a trash can. They tied me up to the pole. It was, yep. it was really the just because I wore skinny jeans. <laughs> we don't I'm get sure the that's happened to people for far less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, kids can be cruel, man. Kids yeah. can be cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just speaking of kids, when you were a kid, what kind of took you from shy Mustafa to, oh, now I'm going to be acting and kind of coming out of my shell a little bit? Uh, I think it was a bit of the competitiveness in me because when I was younger, it was actually the opposite. I wasn't, I wasn't shy when I was younger. I just wasn't super outspoken, but like mm-hmm. I was socialized pretty well pretty well when i was younger uh i actually mm-hmm. got more reserved as i grew up and i like i got older because mm-hmm. and a lot of that was confidence i think yeah like because i was like well i don't have to like talk act a out, big yeah. game because i know what i like mm-hmm. i know if not if i didn't have the quite the confidence i was like, I know how to get better at what i like to do 
Mm-hmm. And so it was more of the focus. And when I get focused on something, I like become obsessed with it. Like I just recently got into poker and I'm like, oh, mm. okay. This, what, that probably not the best thing yeah. <laughs> to get Getting like obsessed now, with. Now he's, uh, both ways. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not the gambling part. I don't gamble, but uh, I like, you know. I uh, I play it a lot. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. look. <laughs> and he's lost his house. <laughs> God, that'd be terrible. Say something to me, Kenneth, if I ever if I ever get to that point. You Jesus. know what? I will I will help you. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll catch it's gonna be you. a completely different podcast episode. <laughs> um, That's a yeah, different uh, channel. But yeah, I think it was it was the confidence and like learning to know what I really like and and being more comfortable in myself that that allowed me to sort of you know be like okay this is what i like this is what i have to do to get that and so mm-hmm. i'm gonna when i when it, when it comes to like acting you know to this point i've like learned it's been tough over the years but i've learned that like if you want to do something and you want to create something or say something um mm-hmm. You can't let anyone or or any of the the the, the um, reservations you may have or the or the uh, what word am I looking for any any of the um, doubts you have about yourself and your ability you can't let that get in the way yeah because you're never going to be able to create truthfully and honestly if yeah. if if you keep holding yourself back like that. Yeah. So is confidence, I think, that shaped me as I grew up. Yeah. I think, you know, the story reminds me a lot about myself. Like, I, as a kid, I swear to God, were you in a school, in a elementary school that had, like, colors? Where you'd change your colors and stuff like that? You had, like, the board where you, like, good, like a good noodle. You were a good noodle in school, so they put a star on the board. I you know? Think if Did you ever I- have any of that stuff? If I did, then I don't remember because I was such a bad kid. I was like so mm. terrible as a Listen, kid. Listen, like, the, the reason the reason I, I bring w- it that wouldn't up have is, mattered to me anyway because I was like I'm always going to be the, in the reason, red. The reason I bring it up is because I was terrible as well. I swear to God, I had my color changed to red every single day or purple, which meant I had to go to the principal. Um, so it was it was so bad, and I mean I, I saw some stuff. It was like, yeah, they don't do that anymore. That's that's public shaming. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, I uh, I was that way. I acted out. That experience when I was a kid. is valid, I, Kenneth. That experience is valid. They did you wrong. They shamed know, you right? like, for I being was, a kid. I was speaking out, telling my truth, and they had to hit me with the red card. Like, like come Game on, of Thrones. <laughs> Shame. Shame. So I um. So I would act out all the time too, uh, but at the same time, I was the teacher's pet. <laughs> I swear to God, I would be the worst That's student, the but the best. So, Could like, behavior-wise, you were the worst, or like academic-wise, you were the best, but like behavior-wise, no, behaviorally, you were- ac- academically, I was all right. Nap time, I got good grades. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was, uh, I was always the type that was like really you know, out there, out, like outspoken. I would always say my, uh, my truth when I was a kid. And if I didn't like something, you would know it. And then (laughs) as I got older into high school, I kind of mellowed out 
And I was like more reserved. I mean, I went through that mm. phase, you know, I went through yeah. the skinny jean phase. So <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's not as stigmatized phase. for you as it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this guy, Mustafa, somewhere in Georgia, and he started wearing skinny jeans. And I was like, <laughs> you got to support so, him. I got to stand with him yeah, I gotta as, stand he, with as my he goes hands. through this shame. <laughs> Um, so I grew up and I kind of mellowed out as well. And I was always that kid that, you know, I would, you got up in front of the talent show. I was the kid that was in the back, just snickering at people like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Like he's up there doing this. Ha ha. Um, kind of that kid mostly throughout high school, laid back, played chess, golf, all that sort of stuff. So I never really spoke up. And then, you know, I, I realized that when I was a kid, I would do all these crazy things. I'd make up stories and uh, run around playing imaginary uh, scenarios with friends and friends wouldn't even know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just (laughs) over here running around looking like a maniac. Um, But no, I I can see how that reservation turned into confidence like you were talking about. It, It does. And I think I found confidence later on in college as well. Because I was like starting to understand who I am as a person, you know, it's still an everyday experience of figuring out who I am, but it's, you know, that confidence you're talking about. And it helps as an actor, having that personal confidence of knowing who you are and what rings true for you, because it's not the same for every actor. That's why it's different. I had a friend, um, we actually have the same birthday. Uh, it's it's mm. so oh, it's yeah, also by his the way. Happy birthday, Mustafa! Oh, thank Jesus you, thank Christ! You. What is wrong? Oh we should have saying happy birthday. I, I, I totally forgot it was forget. my birthday until I just thought about this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have this friend. Uh, his name's Desi. Uh, he has the same birthday as me. Uh, we were co- freshman college roommates and really good friends throughout college. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a minute though. But um, he said this thing to me. Uh, we were talking about. You're just being open with one another. He's a great mm-hmm. actor. Uh, yeah. And we were just talking about like insecurities and, and stuff. And he was, he told me that like one thing that he says to himself sometimes is that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to think that like, oh yeah, I can do absolutely anything. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's important to know like how good you are. Mm-hmm. It's important to know that, like, I can handle what I can. Ha- like, I can, I can do this stuff. You know, I can do mm-hmm. this. I think, yeah. you know, whether what's the right level of confidence before it turns into something else, who knows? Yeah. But mm-hmm. and that that still sticks with me. And like this, something my uh, friend told me in college. But like, I think mm-hmm. he was right. It's important to know that you yeah. are good at what you do. Uh, yeah, so, and I, good that's on something you. That- I think that performers struggle with is a lot of people like even let's say, you know, we'll we'll keep talking about acting um, is like you and there's a great quote by Robert De Niro and he's like, you don't have to do anything. You're not expected to do like you could be in a scene and all you have to do is listen. You don't have to do anything else but listen and you are acting And I think a lot of people confidence wise feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And they start doing things unnecessarily and start trying to act. And then once you start acting, people are like, oh, there's acting. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're not living. And uh, I think that's, you know, 
confidence that you're talking about that your friend had mentioned is knowing that I I know what I'm capable of and I don't have to do what other people are doing. I just know myself and I feel strong in my own opinions and where I stand on a subject and my own intuition and knowing I know what is right. And then even when it's, you know, I'm starting to come into my own as far as confidence as an actor too, is what do I need to be successful in this scene? What do I, what questions do I need to ask the director to do my best in this scene? Right. And, you know, there's sometimes where I'd be directed in a scene or the director would be so busy. He'd be so busy. He's running around doing a bunch of other stuff. And I would just ask him a single question. And for me, that's all that's needed. And then he's like, oh, my he's like, that's great. Good. Like, that's perfect. And it's because having that confidence of what do I need? And once I have that one thing and I know what I need, I'm good to go. Yeah. And doesn't, aren't you finding that like having that good sense of where you are and and what you need, having a good, Mm -hmm. having a good sense of that is giving you so much more creative liberty and freedom as an artist to take risks. Like, Oh yeah. That's, it's so important because if you don't know, if you don't have a good sense of what you can do, you're going to be lost. I mean, you're not going to know what do I need? You're not going to know what questions to ask a director. You're not mm-hmm. going to know what answers to give him probably yeah. if, when you need to. Yeah. But, and because uh, once you have your tool belt, you, you can use more or less of, of whatever you need. Sometimes you won't need much from, mm-hmm. from whatever, uh, it, depending on what script you have, but, but sometimes you're going to need a lot of different things and you yeah. need to figure out what all you need. You definitely need to know those things and what questions to ask. Yeah. And, there's one thing and this relates to something we've talked about before Trey is um, so you're talking about the toolbox and uh, all the stuff you use as an actor and I think that it can sometimes having those tools is great and the confidence comes from knowing when and when not to use it because I know so many people and uh, I was actually on set and this is great it's a great example and it's not saying anything about uh the other person, uh, me, and, and it's knowing what level of what, how much you need. So this one guy that I was on set with, he was one of the leads in the film and he was talking about how he breaks down a script. He grabs four highlighters, green, yellow, uh, I don't know, chartreuse. Colors, <laughs> chartreuse. So he starts, he start, he, so he has all these different highlighters and he highlights, you know, one is for action, one is for props, one is for lines, and one is for other people's lines or whatever it is. Uh, so he goes and breaks down a script all like he that. He highlights other My, people's lines? I don't know. I, I, I'm like just saying he highlights a bunch of different stuff. Okay. And just so colors the whole yes, he's just, just like, like I want to make it look like I'm busy, you guys. So I'm like, <laughs> and so and so he does that. And then my character, honestly, I don't say a single word in the entire thing. It's a horror film. So I just I I mine is more of like physical, you know, embodiment of the character. Not saying he's isn't, um, but mine is fully yeah, embodiment. It's a difficult job. Um, to, and so yeah. I didn't 
all I did was write a single paragraph that I read every time before a take. And reading that paragraph gets me in the headspace of where I need to be. But if I was to have lines and everything, I may need, you know, all these different things, right? Whether it be that mechanical highlighting stuff or it be um, like, let's say you use a certain um, uh, Laban, use the Laban technique for a certain bit in the film. You may need that or you may need um, some Uta Hagen techniques to Mm -hmm. get in some uh, exercises like that. So, but knowing when and when, when you do and when you don't need yeah, yeah. is really big. Cause then you'll start taking the watch apart and you'll start overthinking things and not, you just need to go on stage, pick up a glass of yeah. water and drink it. Yeah. And sometimes like, Oh, I'm so glad you said that. So many, how do like, I pick up that glass of water? Yeah. yeah right. It's like, people start really thinking, like, how do I, how would he, how do you do this, that, and the other? And they start thinking of a lot more. And it's like, just go yeah. pick up the glass of water. You have to do that sometimes. It's just like, you know, not kill yourself as an actor, man. Because, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not doubting that, like, you can turn in really, you can turn in kick-ass auditions, amazing pro- auditions, if you just do, like, this full slate of the same super in-depth homework every single time you mm-hmm. do something. But if you have an audition and you feel like I still I feel like I can pretty do a pretty good job at this audition and not do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Why not? Just yeah. You, because I mean, if you have like five lines in an audition and you're playing like what police number two mm-hmm. or something, you don't need to, <laughs> you don't need yeah. to come up with the huge. Your your job is to move the story along, and that's what we're going to be looking for in an audition. Probably, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can give yourself a little something to play with, of course. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll do that, but I've you don't have to do like you're doing a Sam Shepard play or something, you know? Oh, yeah. With like the state of how things are now and you know, everyone's doing auditions in their house that you're not supposed to do too many takes because mm. then you're kind of well, one, that's not how it would be if you were just in front of someone. So mm. you're kind of maybe becoming too rehearsed or too yeah, structured or whatever it might be. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And if you think that, is it really about giving the best, you know, technical take or that you had all your lines down? Or is it actually better to kind of, like, this is my thought, this is how I'm running with what I have. And even if that's outside the box or maybe not what mm. you think mm-hmm. casting director might want, yeah, like, just running with it. That's a really good question. I And I, I don't, I, I give this answer so many times <laughs> to so many different people. <laughs> about a lot of different things, but uh, I, th- I don't think that there's always a right answer for that. I don't think it's one or the other all the time. I think that if someone sees a great, if someone sees great acting, whether it's technically sound or not, they're going to mm-hmm. remember that. Um, now, do I think it's a good idea to just like go out of the box maybe with all of your auditions? Probably not because people want to see that someone can take direction and, yeah. and, 
listen to instructions if they tell you that. But I'm sure I wouldn't doubt the casting directors have seen something that's completely different than what they sent out Mm -hmm. and have freaking loved it because it's someone showing a side of them that's very interesting. Uh, Mm -hmm. And to me, the artist in me wants to say that I would always lean towards doing what you initially think creatively Mm-hmm. because that's probably going to be more unique than most auditions a casting director or anybody will see mm-hmm. uh, because it's something you thought of in the moment and it's something that's very honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and if you don't, anything to make your job easier on you to be honest and tell the truth or say something that's truthful and meaningful to you, I, I go towards that, uh, mm-hmm. whether yeah. it's an audition or anything else you do. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have more of a chance of being memorable, I think. And you people say you want to book the room, not the audition all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's one yeah. way to do it. Yeah. But t- think, tell that like, line carefully, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I see this in other avenues of artistry, like singing, for instance. If you go in and you think they're looking for an opera singer, and so, like, you're trying your best to freaking deliver on exactly what you think they want. But then they're just like, well, sing how you would sing. Yeah. And then they do that, and they're like, that's it. Like, yeah. you're freaking mm-hmm. brilliant. Like, why were you trying to do anything else? So mm-hmm. I think whatever side of the line you're towing, being original seems to be the way that you're going to most likely book something if that role obviously is meant for you to have. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think a, that confidence we were talking about just a second ago, that's where it comes in. You know, everyone has their own flavor of how they take something. Like if you had a scene and then I had a scene and prepared separately and then we sent in uh, self tapes, it would be different. It would sound different. Like it would just be different because you've got different mannerisms than I do. And it would just be delivery wise different. And many times from what I can understand, that's what casting directors are looking for Mm. is that uniqueness to you is they want to see, can you act? And then they want to see you give a performance that's truthful to you as Mm. a person. And I think knowing who you are and being okay with that is where it really comes into play. That confidence. Sure. For sure. I mean, and, and to you guys' points, like how many technically sound actors can you find? Mm -hmm. Thousands, millions. There's probably so many because I mean, you take some classes, you get technically sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, And, and you, you, you take a lot of on-camera classes or, or whatever you need. And I th- those are very important, really important. Oh, yeah. Like you need to be able to do that stuff. Uh, yeah. But like just getting that, I don't think is enough. You have mm-hmm. to be able to do your own thing. Yeah. Uh, that, and not technically sometimes. Sometimes you have to find out how to get get to different places and not have it look pretty. Mm-hmm. Um. I also come from theater before I come from film. So there's just completely, sometimes it's a different mindset. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, I, 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 I'm, 
I'm way more willing to look at something that's really sloppy on camera, but is very gritty and emotional mm-hmm. than I am to, and and I won't really care about technical elements of a self tape if I'm if I'm watching something. I'm probably mm-hmm. a terrible person to get self tape advice from. <laughs> 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 no, but you you do a really good job. You book a lot, so I mean, I I think you definitely have uh, some something you're doing right, and I think it is uh, indicative of that mindset that you're talking about. Is it's about the craft first. It's not necessarily about the technical aspect. Because yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what casting directors look for is talent. I mean, it's a, mu- a myriad of different things that happen, but they want to see, can you handle yeah. what they're looking for? They, I mean, there are some cases where some people get the role because they just look a certain way or yeah. they sounded and said something a certain way. But I mean, most of the time they could have an idea of, oh, this is what I want to see. And then they get a self tape that just blows them away and they choose somebody else. Yeah. So. I think that's where that technique and uh, the craft comes from. And I mean, you were talking about the difference between uh, technical classes of on camera, you know, and that that goes with, okay, make sure your eyeline is off center from the camera, but not yeah. too far. So you're not, you know, all the way over here. Yeah. Um, don't look to down too much. All that yeah. Stuff. Don't look down. Don't like where to play, keep the eyeline, all that sort of stuff. Like don't move around too much. Like those are important. And that just comes from comfortability of being on camera and doing enough, like being at bat enough times. And those classes are really great. But what I would recommend for anybody, and I, this is what I did when I moved here, was I found a Meisner class and found a technique for me. Uh, so if like acting wise, I think technique is the biggest thing. You need a strong foundation and that comes from technique. Then dump, jumping in the deep end of technicalities first off because i know a lot of actors that jumped into the technicalities and i mean they do a really good job technically but as far as craft goes there's still some lag between that so kind of like putting the uh, cart in front of the horse mm-hmm. yeah and and it's two different things i want to sort of bring up that i thought of uh one i i've i've taped with um several like different people who are older have been in the industry for a long time and have booked Mm -hmm. many things. Like one of them had a series regular on like the walking dead and like Mm -hmm. they've, I saw them tape something. It was an audition, uh, a couple auditions for something. And Mm -hmm. they did like one or two takes. Maybe Mm -hmm. they, they might've missed like maybe a line or two or or might've slightly said, mix something up, but they did like Mm -hmm. one or two takes and they were like, Oh, I think that's fine. I can send that in. Mm. And like, yeah. it's like, mm. and, and looking at the tape, I wouldn't think that like, it's, I probably wouldn't be like blown away by it, but yeah. I'd be like, this is honest. This is, I believe yeah. this. And yeah. is that your, if it's, that's your job. Like what if mm-hmm. you don't have a script that can just blow someone away? Yeah. What if, and like, it was a script where I was like, yeah, this is pretty, I get who this character is. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the most exciting scene. And, yeah. and so, I think the, I think the guy did his job. He told the story, and mm-hmm. I know some other guy. This is probably this is very probably not popular. He says that he doesn't memorize his scripts until he gets paid. Mm. Like he won't memorize an audition. He'll look at a teleprompter if he can, and wow. he books. He fucking oh, 
Uh, I don't know if yeah, I can you, cuss you on can cur- you can oh, okay. cuss if you want. Uh, yeah, I was like, he fucking books, man, out the ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's everyone yeah. has their own way and whatever works that's for you. That's crazy. And, I've never yeah. heard of that. I, I mean, that's the thing is it, it comes with, it's not the same for everyone. Yeah. It's different for everyone. And I mean, some of these, I, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, them having certain relationships and stuff that could help out with that sort of stuff. I don't think any like teacher would say, yeah, don't learn the lines. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't no. think anybody will do that. I think that just comes with uh, like someone may get so many auditions at a certain time and they're just like, all right, I, I just need yeah. teleprompter because yeah. there's just too much going on. I just don't have the time to memorize this stuff. I mean, especially yeah. if you get like a two pager, a three pager and you're like, Dude. oh, fuck. And you got to do it in a 24 turnaround, 24 yeah. hour turnaround. Who is sure. that? It's a pretty famous actor that recently was talking about how they don't remember or they don't memorize like any of their scripts ever. Really? There, there Did are anyone actually hear many, that recently? That's wild. There are many <laughs> actors that actually use earpieces, honestly. Dude, that's Jeez. It was that's someone crazy. that's like really good and you're like, That's half okay. the job, I feel oh, like. Owen yeah. Wilson, maybe. I think it was Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson? I um, think so. Someone can fact check me or blast me or whatever later, but I, I mean, think he was like, uh, oh, it's Luke Wilson. Luke for Wilson. For sure. <laughs> the other Wilson brother. Ah. He was talking about any of his films. He just, he can't, it's not like possible for him to just retain all of it. So he's wow. just constantly having to like go back and, you know, He's never off book, I guess. And wow. I just thought that was crazy because I love him. Definitely, definitely would not recommend that. But um, yeah. I don't think but I, I mean, can get away with that. I'm not Luke Wilson. You know, <laughs> if if nothing else, that gives hope to anyone that maybe, you know, struggles with that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. has a problem. I think, like I think there's a certain amount. I think there's a certain amount of clout that comes with that because you're kind of like, okay, I can turn this in. I mean... It's not the best, but they know what I can give. Mm. So given enough time, I can do it. But this is the best I can do in the amount of time that I was given and allotted. And at that point, I think perhaps casting directors, they're like, oh, I've, ca- I've you know, read for and been booked by this casting director multiple times. You know, they know what I can do. Mm. I, I'm going to turn in my stuff. It's fine. And that's why, you know, personally, as someone who is not anywhere near that level. Mm. I'm always trying to be uh, 100% word perfect because I'm like, you know, that's the perfectionist in me. Whether it be blocking or anything, I'm so hypercritical on that stuff. And that's just, you know, many people don't have to. A lot of people can say that I don't have to. I'll still have that little voice in the back of my head. So I think it does come down to personal preference as well. But I mean, you know, as far as you go, I've seen you do a lot of auditions and you know specifically maybe not the auditions that we did but i know that i've seen you audition and not worry about lines and stuff and be more in the moment and that's perfectly fine and that's usually what casting directors are looking for is being in the moment they're not necessarily looking for line perfection yeah i will i probably i probably break that rule maybe a little bit too much if i'm (laughs) like uh i mean at the end of the day, if if like I go up on a line and I like, or I or I change a line for some reason, and mm-hmm. 
that take feels better to me. Yeah. I'll still send it in. And if I get like two takes, I probably, I'll probably send, you know, one that's technically correct then as well. Like, I think you should do both. You should be like, Hey, I can do this, but I can also do that. If you want me to like, you know, spice it up a little bit. So yeah, if I have two options like that, I'll do that. What we're not talking about is what if the script isn't right? Like me as a director and a writer, I can't tell you how many times once you get the actors in the room in a table read, you're freaking slicing up that dialogue, you know, (laughs) trying to make it fit. Yeah. So if I'm watching your audition and you leave a whole line out and I don't notice or I don't care, then maybe you didn't need the line to begin with. So there's like, you know, if you're auditioning for like, uh, uh, what's his name? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he if has you're like auditioning quick, for Aaron Sorkin, yeah. you might want to get every word right. For sure. His his is more like for musical. The beats and the pauses and stuff. Yeah. But if it's you know, maybe more directors than not, or casting directors, I don't know, if you just crush the audition and you're so sucked in, like, I don't care if you miss a word. And, and- on a level uh, situation like that could change from the casting director to the director to the producers. Yeah. Like a director could be like, Oh, I don't, I don't even really know the lines of the script that like perfectly, but like, I just loved what you brought to it. And then a writer could be in the room and be like, you messed up my entire <laughs> script. It'd be like, yeah, I hate, yeah. I hate this act. I don't want them. And then the cast, you know, who? It, 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 dep- that's it's why, so like, dependent. Yeah. The chances of someone booking something is so low, and it yeah. depends on so many different factors. It's it's insane. Yeah. And um, it's and, out of your control. Yeah, honestly, exactly. a lot of it is just you can't predict what somebody's looking for. Yeah, and um. To argue the other side, because I know me and Kenneth here are really, we we we've taken like really Meisner classes and and we we know like more of the organic side. And t- Kenneth, you are really technical with your auditions because I know I've helped you film some, and you're like super technical, which is awesome, yeah. and it yeah. worked. And I mean, and <laughs> it like, works. Run it back. That wasn't right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Even I, lighting, I yeah. It, Technically, yeah, I I'm always I'm always trying to do that. Even now, like with that light in the background on my webcam, yeah. I mean, it's always something. And you know, a, a lot of people they may book straight off of their like iPhone six, and I'm over here with a camera shooting like two uh, K. Eight K raw. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just yeah. Um, but no, it the like you were talking about the organic bit of acting. I, I think this is very true. Like trying to be, uh, that's an important aspect. I think a lot of people need to get, cause I mean, an, a self tape can look really good. A self tape can look beautiful. It can be the most beautiful self tape take ever, but somebody can turn in a self tape where they're standing in front of their bathroom door. And then the <laughs> casting director is like that right there. You that's what know. I want. And they're so many so factors. Raw. Look, they don't he's have a so, backdrop. He's so raw. Look at him. He's actually drinking water from the, fa- from the, spit, <laughs> the, the spout. And also, man, uh, t- Terry Knickerbocker, uh, 
Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if you know who that is. He, um, he's one of the like leading Meisner teachers in New York, in, mm-hmm. like the world, okay. pretty much. He, um, he said, auditioning is not acting, in his mm-hmm. opinion. He's or it's it's it is. It can be acting. It's different though, in that mm-hmm. like, it, you're allowed to be a little bit more result oriented in auditions mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, you're doing a scene for Meisner class or you're doing a scene in a play or even like a film. Cause you know, you're, you, you, you have the technical elements and you know, like something, somebody does want something. You're not creating this to put it out in the yeah. world. Really. You're, you're, it is more goal oriented. So mm-hmm. I think there is something to be said for being really technical as well. And I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure tons and tons of actors book because they're super yeah. technically sound uh, easily. Some people would just like to see that you follow directions. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, oh, yeah. I can tell them something and they'll do it. And that makes their you job know, so much easier on set, really, yeah. if you can do that. I think for me, like that, technici- that technical, making sure I'm, you know, a lot of the stuff I do turn in may not be... Bro, I, I've had some auditions I've turned in that were just, I would ask my teachers about them. And they're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that, but okay. <laughs> you know, it was that, uh, it was, uh, that one where I had an eye patch. Oh yeah. I yeah, used yeah, my, yeah. I used my, uh, whatchamacallit, my eye mask for it. Uh, and, uh, he was like, eh, probably wouldn't have done that. I probably would have just gone to the CVS and gotten an eye patch, but. Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah. I mean, that, he's like, that's- he's like, I, He's like, it's not that much. I, I've gone before. Don't ask me about the story. You got, um, put, you got, you got, you got a hold for that though, right? Yeah, I mean, it was an avail check for hey, it, so uh, it was kind of like a yeah. So it was, it was. Um, so that's a case of I didn't have an eye patch. I had something yeah. that kind of made me look goofy. Um, <laughs> still, the the it, it gave, performance it, you got the was point. What they wanted, they yeah. and even so, I mean, it was the look as well. So mm. I mean, casting. That's why putting so much effort and mindset towards whether you're going to book it or not it as an early actor you stress over it so much and even now i still do because i'll do a uh, an audition and i'll know when i'm doing crap i know mm. when i'm doing terrible work and i'll be honest with myself and i'll say no let's run that back and yeah. so that's why when we're talking about two takes three takes you know I'm over here at like six or seven because yeah. I'm like, I can tell when I'm not in it and I've still got work to do. And that's, you sure. know, more of a uh, question of my preparation than it is uh, the technicality. Because um, yeah. some of the some of the stuff, you know, if you get an audition where you are walking through Wonderland and you are seeing a fairy fly by you. <laughs> You got to do more work than you're sitting there talking to your girlfriend and breaking up with her. Like, that's way harder of an audition. Oh, uh, it depends on why you're breaking up. I don't know. I, I want to yeah. see oh. this fairy tale Wonderland audition. Can we get <laughs> that? Uh, um, yeah, well, that is going to be about uh, six uh, business months. Um, I can't lie to you, kid. That, the fairy tale one, that would probably be the one I get done in the less takes. Yeah, just be, I okay. mean that's so much. Well, like, I mean my my 
my stuff is more of like I can tell yeah. personally when I'm out of it and I'm not seeing it. I'm just faking it. I mean, that's just personal. More fantastical so, is because I mean, it's more to. of what what I mean is like you're imagining all this other stuff, and mm. I mean, me being a perfectionist, I'm like, all right, well, I need to know exactly what I'm looking at, where I'm looking, why I'm looking there, and um, sure. some people they could just get away with just being and like, then you, know, you looking go around, which shoot that Marvel mm. movie. And that's the whole shoot. You're just looking around yeah. at green screen, yeah. blue screen. Oh, it. this is amazing! Wow, and, that's yeah. awesome. And that's where, like, you know, focal points, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Knowing where, like, where is my, where are my eyes out of sight? Where can you not see my that's, eyes? Anymore? That's like that's the thing. And that's, that's that's the balance you have to find. And it sounds like you've. I mean, I've seen you tape. You've definitely found that. You found a really good balance. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. Yeah. And that can be that can be tough because the more you think about technical stuff, the more difficult it can be to get emotional. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, you notice like you may need more takes because the first few takes might have been technically sound, but you feel like emotionally you're not getting quite what you want. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. For it's, sure. I everybody I think does it differently. Do I need to take all those? No. I mean, I don't have to. I can get away with doing fewer takes, but it's it's at the end of the day, I feel like can I can I sleep with my can I sleep with my conscience at night yeah. about this? <laughs> <laughs> can I allow myself to get off the hook for not turning in when I know I can turn in better? Yeah. Then then I start all right, let's give it another take. Uh and even still, like in the middle, and I think that's where it comes back to the confidence thing is, you know. I saw something with Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey, he was talking about on a podcast where he was doing that interstellar scene where he sees his children. You, do you Have you seen this, Mustafa? I've Trey? seen that scene, yeah. So, interstellar is the only 10 out of 10 movie. Well, it was an interview. And uh, yes, your your little letterbox does reflect that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, he was talking about before he did that scene, he was sitting there. He came on to say he was in his zone. He didn't talk to anybody. He sat down in the chair and he had a piece of paper in his pocket just in case he needed it. And he said, you know, everyone's running around, you know, all right, let's set up for this and um, let's set up for the wide shot. And then Matthew's like, let's go for the close up. Like he, and he, ga- okay. he gave him yeah. a piece of paper that said close up on there. See you <laughs> close up. Yeah. And uh, that pretty much told them we need to do a close up now. And then, um, then they were like, all right, well, let's, uh, go for a practice run. And he's like, no, let's roll now. (laughs) And so the reason he said, and his reasoning was he wanted to experience that for the first time. Mm. He wanted to experience seeing his children grow for the first time. He, he didn't want to like sit there and, uh, marinate in it and then act. He wanted to be in the moment and not think about it. And so what that says to me is there's a confidence with your ability as an actor that you are saying, I know what I need. And for me to give you what you want, I need you to meet me halfway and do this. Yeah. Right. Cause if you want me to give you all the emotion that I have without acting, I want you to trust me in that <laughs> we need to do a close up and we need to roll this take right now. Yeah. We're not so, doing yeah. rehearsals. Now, can I do that? No, <laughs> I probably can't unless it's a friend of mine and someone that trusts me. But, you know, it's having that confidence of I need this 
I need to do these things. I need five seconds before you roll that camera and call action. And then I'm there. You know, I let me sink into it. Let me empty out, do whatever I need to do. And then I'll go. And then, you know, having that confidence. If there's not a lot of technical elements to filming a certain shot, I don't like rehearsals. Mm -hmm. I I like getting right in there. Let's film your first go because unless we screw up on our side, that's probably going to be the best. That's the most authentic uh, it can come out. And obviously if it's an action scene, you got to rehearse and all that stuff. But like, yeah, I love that approach. And that's the only scene people that don't even know what that movie is about have seen that scene and cried just Mm -hmm. watching that Mm -hmm. scene with no other context. Yep. I, I've I've heard of actors not even wanting to like say their lines out loud until they're filming. Yeah. yeah. There was a, I think Samuel Jackson said he never says his lines out loud until he's in the rehearsal room. That's, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a cool experiment to uh, kind of go that route. No rehearsing. Yeah. Just, you know, all right off the cuff and see what, what comes from that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like to rehearse how I say them. Yeah, I never rehearse how I say them. And having that, uh, I think that's what a lot of actors do. Is they do like when they're starting, and some of them may be that kind of technical actor where they do that and have like a way that they need to say it. And I mean, I've worked with directors that did that, but honestly, when you work with a director that says, you know, you know, I need you to say it a little bit different, you know, here, I need you to pull it back here, and Ultimately, you and your actor brain have to be, this is what they're saying. Yeah. You got to kind of give yourself a line reading. Yeah. yeah, You have to, you have to, well, you have to pull, pull some levers and strings. Cause I mean, ultimately what they're saying is I want you to feel anguish for losing your child, but I don't want you to lose full control. And like, that's what they're saying and saying, I don't want you to go crazy. I I don't want you being all over the place. I want you to stay here. Yeah. They want to see it in your eyes usually. Yeah. You know, and like you said, you got to talk to yourself. You got to be like, okay, well, what does that mean to me? Maybe I have to change. If you work with tactics, maybe I have to change my tactic. If, if you Mm -hmm. work with, uh, sort of dreams, you, maybe you have, give yourself a little different daydream than you gave yourself before. That's Mm -hmm. coming from a place of, like you said, anguish instead of maybe fear or whatever, whatever else. Or some uh, form of rage or something like that. And you just need to filter it differently. And you gotta, you gotta work that out pretty quickly on a film set. Uh, the last set that I was on, uh, I was for this baseball movie. And, um, at one point I'm talking to the lead character and I go, um, I, I talk about a friend who, who really hated his guts uh, mm-hmm. he asked about him and, and I tell him like his life didn't turn out so, so great actually. And the director was like, um, can you make that like more at, at first I was like, okay, he hit a home run off the dude and the dude, he didn't make it into mm-hmm. college or the next level, whatever the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in my audition and when I got on set, I, I did it the same way. That's what they say. You should mm-hmm. sort of yeah you know. unless told otherwise yeah and and so i i, I said it uh mostly as a joke like yeah you sent them packing 
You sent them packing, man. Good on you. Uh, I pinned him up. And then the director said, can you make the first part of that actually sad? Like you, like you feel bad. And so I, 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 ch- I did that uh, by like, it was simple, like tactic switch. Uh, you know, this mm-hmm. is, we're sort of mourning him instead of, yeah, you know, being like, I know you didn't like this dude. You sent the pack and congrats. And, yeah. and then he asked for a balance between the two. And I was like, mm. okay, mm. that's a little more difficult. Uh, yeah, now you're, you're, now you're asking sort of me. acting in difference. Give different signals. Yeah. And I, I told him, can you give me like, can you give me like 30 seconds? Can you give me a minute? Uh, can we not go right, right back into it? And he was yeah. like, yeah, for sure. Do whatever you have to do. Yeah. He was completely understanding. You won't always get that, but like, yeah, it's, you gotta be able to think on your feet and adjust. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's where, that's where classes like preparation. Classes that, yeah. Yeah. That teach you, uh, less technique and more methods come in. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, Mustafa, we can talk all day. Honestly, I love it. Actually, <laughs> I, I have two. So let's just keep <laughs> going for another yeah. hour and a half. We've been, yeah, we've been on it for a minute, man. <laughs> but, uh, but no, thank you so much again for being on. It really means a lot. And I loved everything that uh, you said. I think it's really good stuff. And I think all of our listeners would uh, definitely benefit from everything that you mentioned in this podcast. Oh, yeah, I yeah. appreciate it, man. You it's guys have some really, yeah. you guys have some really great questions. Uh, Thank you. And the pizza one really helped. My heart. My heart. (laughs) No, I think this is a different take on acting. We haven't talked so much about this aspect of it. Yeah, we haven't gone too far into depth with everything. So it's a a good lens, if you will. (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. I like that reference. (laughs) Is that because it's a a film podcast, Trey? (laughs) Yes. No, I'm genuinely asking. Is that like, no? No. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, Mustafa, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Mustafa Slack. Uh, M-U-S-T-A-P-H-A-S-L-A-C-K. That's my Instagram. Uh, I have a Facebook. Uh, I don't really mm. use it. What's nice. Facebook? Uh, and right. antiquated. Uh, I think it's meta now. I don't know. Oh, uh, is it? When are, when are they? When are they switching? The I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on. Meta. You're gonna have to hit us up with your meta tag or whatever they call it, dude. As long as I <laughs> spend money for it, I'll, I'll have one. I don't care. Yeah. Um, as long as <laughs> I don't have ladies. to change anything. But nice. Nice. thank you so well, much for having me on. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. All right, that'll do it for today's episode, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. It was really fun. I love the topics that we got into. And even still, you know, I, I'm still thinking about Mustafa's uh, question about which side of the bed is the right side yes. to wake up on. <laughs> oh, he had so many unique answers and perspectives on questions that are kind of, you know, boring or typical questions and he added some flavor to add to it yeah so i hope you really enjoyed today's episode like he said you can go reach him out on instagram and he's really cool go connect with him look out for what he's got coming go watch all of his previous work it's fantastic trey you're fantastic did you know that well i mean (laughs) if you say so i mean it man i mean it brother (laughs) 
<laughs> that touches my heartstrings. <laughs> Just starts crying is the outro. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys also think we're awesome, then, you know, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Follow us on your favorite podcast network. Streaming. Service. Yeah. Area. Spotify. Platform. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. <laughs> we want you to know how much you mean to us. <laughs> yeah, you can reach us at cinevibescast at gmail.com and also the same on Instagram. But yeah, reach out to us. Tell us your favorite pizza and where you got it from and uh, why uh, New York has the best hole-in-the-wall pizza places. Although if it's I, New York to figure this out. one more time and someone doesn't know the name of the restaurant, yeah. for crying out loud. Jeez, I, I'm just going to start... Good? How I'm going to start remember? triangulating these stories and figuring out where they get all this pizza. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like what I got to experience it. Down? <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much again for listening. And we are out.